Welcome to episode 46 of the Free Spirit Academy podcast, what it means to be a free spirit. Free Spirit Academy is about you being fully you. My name is Randy Moss, and I'm an eating psychology coach and kundalini yoga teacher, bringing you conversations about freedom, largely from rigid diets and painful body image, but ultimately it's about the freedom to be yourself. This is about honoring our own bodies and our purest self-expression. Welcome to the podcast. Everyone, it is me on my own this week, and I wanted to talk about this term free spirit. When the name Free Spirit Academy dropped into my head, it felt like this obvious, like, yeah, that's it. Um, but I also hesitated and I cringed a little bit and I I resisted it and I didn't change my business name right away. Um, because I was a little worried about how it could be perceived. Um, maybe a little cheesy or airheady or woo-woo or lacking in depth. And you hear me say at the end of every um, every episode that a free spirit is you when you get to be fully you. And lately I've been adding to that that this is not um, not a thing that has an end point. It constantly evolves. I use the word fully, but that's not the arrival. We're not aiming to be fully free and done. We're aiming to embody who we are today and be open to discovering more and more freedom to be who we uniquely are as we go. And I just want to take it out of the world of the before and after, this idea that once we get the dream body or job or relationship, then we'll feel all free and magical. I I don't see it that way at all. There's always more freedom available, and maybe it's the freedom you give yourself to feel angry rather than trying to think positive all the time, or to set a boundary, or to admit that you'd really like to pursue something completely different than what you're doing. Just to admit it could be a freedom. Maybe it's the freedom to buy clothes that fit rather than keeping the goal weight clothes in the back of your closet. And I guess what I talk about probably most on the podcast is the freedom to listen to your body, eat what feels good, instead of live on that really rigid plan that's supposed to get you someday where you want to go. So it can be so, so many things. I personally have always had this weird obsession with freedom. I pretty well knew that holding down a regular job was not going to go over so well, so I never pursued one. I went to art school, I worked in a bookstore, on an airplane, at a raw food cafe, and the whole time I held a vision of myself when I would finally be free. And of course I was super thin, and I never thought about food, and I barely ate, and I, I danced without caring who was looking, and I laughed easily, and... Of course, in my mind, everybody would look at me like I was this magical unicorn and think, man, she must meditate and eat raw food. And I'd be like, what? Well, sure, but I don't think about it all that much. Like, I I wanted to roll out of bed with perfect hair and glowing skin and not wear makeup and just be this effortless creature of joy and blah, blah, blah. And if you're annoyed at what a hippie I was, I don't blame you. Um, Or perhaps you resonate with it. And if that's true, I don't blame you either. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I didn't feel free for really any of my life, which is probably why I had this obsession. I was terrified to speak up, petrified to move my body, coming from a dance-free religion, and also a chronic binge eater. 
I felt anything but free and wanted to be anything but seen. So I held the fantasy of someday while carefully sticking to my diet and intense juicing and cleansing lifestyle when I wasn't binging. So after trying every extreme version of the diet, all the way up to a 70-day juice fast and a 90-day juice fast, and even challenging myself to do the scary things I thought would make me look like a free spirit, like skydiving and bungee jumping and traveling alone, I gave up. I got rid of my diet books and self-help plans and exercise classes and decided to do the one thing I hadn't done and just be with myself, get to know what my body liked, what felt good to me, and what I wanted to say without panicking that I wouldn't sound enlightened or interesting or smart. I quit trying to be the healthy one or the good listener who agreed with everyone, and externally, my life might not have looked that different to anybody else, um, but I felt more free than I ever had. And naturally, I, and I do think this is natural, I swung in the opposite direction for a bit. So swapping green juice for Taco Bell and intense workouts for literally nothing. But I was listening. Like I was checked in. I was having a really good time. This was freedom for this part of my journey. And I'd gone from a sort of childish perspective, which was black and white. Everything is either good or it's bad. It's right or it's wrong to a sort of you-can't-tell-me-what-to-do-teenager perspective. It, it was growth. And I think if I would have judged this, judged my appetite, saw myself as in a phase, and waited longingly for when I would want to eat healthy again, it wouldn't have been real freedom or growth. Because, um, but, but because I was present with myself and honest about what felt good, it was. And I often talk about eventually noticing that this sort of free-for-all lifestyle wasn't feeling good anymore, that I started naturally gravitating towards other things, that I wanted to move my body and feel strong, and I genuinely didn't want whole pints of ice cream. And I've noticed that when people hear this, they disembody, they check out. They try to follow it like a prescription, and they go into this sort of free-for-all eating, but they're miserable, they're scared of gaining weight, and waiting for the transition to wanting to eat healthy again. But truly, if this freedom with food or whatever journey is to truly be a freedom journey, it has to be taken with some joy, <laughs> with a big dose of joy. Um, not to like force joy on a thing, but actually to feel around and figure out what the next most joyful, liberating step is. Not perfect, just like a right and easy next step. A little more liberating, not something that you think looks like an idea of freedom or a free spirit. And this also applies to so many areas. I definitely had an idea when I knew I was going to be able to be home full-time soon working on my own business that then I would be happy all the time. My schedule would be mine. I would only do what I wanted and life would just be peachy. And one of the greatest gifts I got was an injury prior to this happening that did leave me home for months. And it was a revelation that even with all of my time in my own hands, I could still be sad. <laughs> and scared, and mad, and confused. The spectrum of experiences were still going to be there. 
And I still rebelled a little bit when I was in this full-time home business mode. I thought I should just be intuitive and not really work on a schedule except for taking clients. And what I discovered was that, you know, with a little time, just like with food and with everything else, freedom thrives with a little structure. Freedom grows in appropriate boundary. And freedom expands as we move through friction, which life will always offer us. There was more freedom in a comfortable schedule that served me. There was more freedom in a little bit of structure and care and how I fed myself. And it's going to look different for everybody. But I just want to say, if there are any ideas that freedom would be a life without responsibility, that's not quite how it works. And there's actually a lot of joy in responsibility because we're responding to life. It's, it's full aliveness. Life wants to evolve And as we respond to what's offered to us, rather than just reacting, numbing, we grow. So what I want to talk about is practicality, how how this can actually be useful, um, or how one way that it could apply to many of us, and that's the importance of a morning practice, a conscious start to the day that just supports our freedom and our ability to listen to our bodies and respond to life. So I find a morning routine to be most useful when, number one, it feels joyful and authentic to us, and that doesn't mean that it doesn't come with a little bit of friction, but just a little bit. Um, so I'm, what I mean by that is that it's not always easy to make the space and time. Um, for some of us, we might have to rub up against the fear of taking care of ourselves because maybe that seems selfish. Other people might struggle down, struggle to slow down in the morning if they're used to waking up frazzled and running through the day in a hurry. That can be uncomfortable. And others of us might struggle with not wanting to feel tied down, but truly, there is only more freedom that will open up with a consistent practice because you'll be more connected with yourself, how you're feeling, what you need, and what feels good to you. So I want to talk a bit about how I structure my morning practice, which is not a right or wrong way, it's just my way, and offer some thoughts on how you could potentially structure yours for where you're at. I personally find it most helpful to address physical, mental, and emotional parts of myself. And so starting with the physical, for me in the morning, that's usually kundalini yoga. And I recorded a short warm-up that's my most common go-to. Like, it's it's in my head. I don't need to look up any routine or follow anything. And I'll share that link in the show notes. But it really does not have to be this. If you have no interest and kundalini doesn't spark anything for you, seriously, don't bother. You absolutely don't need to bother. Maybe for you, freedom is about allowing yourself to loosen up and experience more fun and pleasure. So turning on a song or two and dancing could hit the spot. Or maybe you have a history of pushing your body really hard in the gym or workout classes or whatever. Uh, So just gentle stretching would feel nourishing. And maybe it's a walk outside or a run or something that challenges your strength. Whatever it is should feel right to you and check a couple of boxes. So A... You would do it regardless of calorie burn or impact on the way you looked because you love the way it makes you feel. And B, you can do it and stay connected with your body. So if you have to check out, drink a ton of caffeine, or throw yourself around without any sense of what your body is feeling, I'd back off and either reconnect 
or try something else. Now, the emotional component, um, and this doesn't have to be in any particular order, but in general, the way our days and lives feel is based on what we're feeling internally and perceiving internally. If we're uncomfortable with anger or sadness or fear, like we talked a bit about in the beginning, we might find that we're in constant distraction or numbing mode. So eating emotionally, checking our phones, trying to control everything and everyone around us, uh, drinking a lot of coffee or alcohol, and of course, food and phones and being well-organized aren't harmful things in and of themselves. But when we're uncomfortable emotionally, they can become ways that we distract or soothe ourselves. So with that, my personal practice currently is just sitting, (laughs) sitting still and breathing and feeling what sensations come up in my body in that stillness. And then just hanging out and letting them be there without reacting to them, shaming myself for them, making myself wrong, or trying to change them, you know, trying to uh, like imagine them into something else. This has seriously been one of the most powerful practices I've ever done. And I've also recorded a version of what I do, um, something like what I do. It's less than 15 minutes, and I'll also leave a link for that um, in the show notes. For you, maybe that sounds awesome. Maybe you've got a practice like this, or maybe you think that sitting still for 15 minutes sounds unbearable, and that's totally fine. Um, A way to ease into emotional self-care is maybe just a quick note of what you're feeling when you wake up. Maybe you're grumpy or sad or annoyed or dreading the day. Before you're up and running around, if you can just acknowledge that and say to yourself, I just feel really sad right now and and that's okay and I'm not wrong for feeling sad. And if you have more time, you can ask yourself, what would feel good? What might I need this morning to feel acknowledged? And maybe that's just putting your arms around yourself and holding yourself in that state. And I know that sounds cheesy, but I'm 100% serious. Maybe it's letting yourself have a good cry in the shower. Um, Just a little bit of self-acknowledgement instead of ignoring your discomfort and running into your day. Now, the mental component, I'm a really, really big fan of stream of consciousness journaling. Just dumping my brain out onto paper, no filter and no pauses, definitely no good handwriting for a certain time. So I'll set a timer. I find this clears my head if I'm feeling cloudy, it lets me express what's on my mind, and then lets me take a look at it, Um, so it's not kind of just floating around. I'll sometimes write down dreams I had in the night or ask myself questions that have been on my mind, see if I can get any insight. Um, It's a way of seeing repeated themes or helping myself to mentally understand what came up as I sat with my emotions and perhaps what I've been making those emotions mean or what I've been doing instead of feeling those emotions. Overall, it's a tool for clarity and for compassion. It's never meant to be used against myself, but really to just see where I might be judging myself that I didn't realize or or something that I might be scared of that needs some tenderness. So often, too, I'll write out what sensations I'm feeling in my body and note other times that I feel those sensations. And sometimes, I, it's funny saying this out loud, um, but sometimes I'll talk to those sensations. Like if I'm having um, maybe a heavy feeling in my chest, I will just feel into that and have a chat on paper and just see what comes out. 
um, or have a conversation with my body as a whole. And it's, um, you could think of it as a bit of an imagination exercise, but you might be surprised. You might be surprised what comes out if you're really tapping in and feeling. Um, so this is less of a formula and more to just get the wheels turning in your head of a way that journaling could be useful to you. I like to set a timer for about 10 to 15 minutes after I sit, and that is what works for me. Um, a final thing with this is that whatever you do, whatever you plan, should be flexible and super, super, super doable. So if this sounds utterly insane to you, but it feels doable to stretch for five minutes every morning and connect with your body, that's awesome. The important thing is showing up for yourself consistently. And at the very same time, making zero fuss if you miss a warning and you just get right back to it. It should feel right and it should feel suited to you. So I hope that was helpful. If you have any questions or thoughts on this, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram, uh, free underscore uh, spirit underscore academy or freespirit-academy.com and I will chat with you.